Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press. After the final score, I'm John Steppe, joined by Mike Haas. After Iowa's 15-13, yes, you heard that right, 15-13, win over Illinois to secure an outright Big Ten West title. And that means not quite next stop in Indianapolis, but still got a game in Lincoln in the meantime. But they're going to Indy for third time since 2015, second time in the last three seasons. Mike, this is something you don't really see every day, or I should say every year. No, just two out of the last three. <laughs> but a big deal in terms of this is something that you don't really – obviously they've had a good run, but I think it's been – you could say it's an elusive goal considering that – it didn't necessarily look always so likely this year. I would obviously it kind of slipped out of their hands last year when they lost to Nebraska at Kinnick, and that kept them from going. So it's a big deal. Well, uh, the important thing is to go there feeling like you've accomplished something. And had they lost this game, and let's say they go to Lincoln, and let's say they win that game in a slog. How great does everybody feel about winning the division and going to play in the Big Ten championship game? But they sucked it up after that loss to Minnesota, took care of business against Northwestern, took, uh, took care of business against Rutgers, and then today in a game that was just hard. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like pushing a piano uphill all day, and it didn't look good for, for a lot of the game, especially, I mean... Almost the whole second half, it didn't look good. No. It didn't feel good, but they hung in there. The, uh, they didn't turn the ball over. The defense kept uh, Illinois at bay. Tory Taylor was Tory Taylor. And then, you know, lo and behold, a nice punt return. And before you know it, Caleb Johnson's run 30 yards to daylight and a touchdown. And the defense holds one more time. And it's like, you don't know how they've done it, but you don't know how they've gotten to eight and two. The fact is that they have, and uh, they're division champs, and, and uh, congratulations to them, because uh, heaven knows they've been through a lot, and there have been a lot of hardships thrown in their path, all sorts of things. Yeah, you kind of check all the boxes with it. You have the injuries, certainly in a large number when you go down the list. McNamara, Lachey, all now DeGene. I'm probably missing another key player who's been out for extended yeah, periods of time. They, they, I mean, and that was after a starting defensive lineman was taken from them by the state of Iowa and the NCAA for reasons that still haven't adequately been explained. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the whole year, I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and your, your offensive coordinator gets basically relieved of his duties at season's end during the season to give you all the much more distraction and, you know, whatever else the emotions were within the uh, confines of the football building. And, uh, and the season filled with ridicule and mockery from the outside world. Uh, a futile offense. And you look at the Brian Ferentz distraction with his firing, I think it even goes back to the moment when Gary Barta put in the 25 points per game thing. Yeah. Because that was really the beginning of the end, I think, for Brian. And at that point, Beth Getz was put in a 
position where this was becoming a it was huge untenable. distraction. It yeah. was untenable, and uh, that was a, that was a. And I've said it over and over and over again. That was a bizarre thing that Barta did. Uh, you know, if you think that the guy's not fit to be offensive coordinator, fire him. You're the AD, but. To put that stipulation on there just invited ridicule from the whole country, and it was something that they wouldn't let go of, and you can understand why. But, uh, I mean, I, I mean, the whole season has seemed like a bit of a sideshow. You had a quarterback who was completing less than 40% of his passes a few weeks ago. Nobody thought that he knew how to throw a forward pass correctly. What is he as a starter now? You know, 4 a lot 5 better. one Yeah, he's a lot better. I yeah. mean, uh, he wasn't glossy today but no interceptions and I think when you look at 19 of 29 like especially in this Iowa system that's really serviceable if I'm doing my math right that's a little under two-thirds so you look at that okay that gets the job done at Iowa if you have a quarterback who completes 60 plus percent of their passes yeah it's been a while since somebody has done that over the course of the entire season and obviously Deacon won't hit that number unless he all of a sudden has a miracle just because of the past you know with the way its statistics work but when Deacon's performing the way that he's performed today that's good enough at least for Iowa yeah I don't you know look I think that they could go to Indianapolis and be problematic for the opponent, but this offense isn't going to get it done against them no. unless the, the, unless everything, all the stars are aligned. But okay, they're eight and two. You know, uh, now nine and two. Nine and two. I'm sorry, uh, nine and two. What was I thinking? I mean, you got guys like Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown was a forgotten man on this team, basically. Mm-hmm. Freshman hadn't contributed anything. Seven catches, 71 yards today. Caleb Johnson has that touchdown run. Who knows what happens if he doesn't get it? Well, a couple of weeks ago at Northwestern, he was uh, a spectator, basically. Yeah. Had, uh, and this is somebody who, before the year, everybody was really gung-ho about, and understandably. Tory Taylor, uh, eight punts, 51.6 yards per punt. Only 51.6. Well, man, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but whoever comes in and punts next year, the poor guy. Yeah. What, what an act to follow. Uh, and then you lose to Gene as a punt returner. And who have you got that can give you anything, you know, from there? It's a tough thing to do. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't been doing it, especially. And uh, Caden, is his last name pronounced Weechen or what? Yeah, Weechen. Weechen, okay, from Williamsburg. Yes. Uh, he gets. He starts Iowa's winning drive with a, with a 17-yard punt return in, in, in a, a game where yards were precious. So he gets some good field position, and I think that that psychologically uh, spearheaded the drive. I really do. I thought that was a vital play. That and three plays later, the... Completion to Nico Ragini on third down. Obviously, like the yardage on that was not the biggest of plays, but I think that to be able to be able to move the chains on a third down scenario where a month ago that play maybe doesn't get made. Yeah, the the, the play that I keep coming back to, uh, the, excuse me, the stat I keep coming back to. Iowa broke up thirteen passes. I don't know if it's unheard of, but you just don't see that. No. Uh, Iowa has a great defense. 
a great defense. It really does. Mm-hmm. They average 3.4 pass breakups a game. And, and that's, that's a good number. They had 13 today. Joe Evans is a defensive lineman, and he knocked down three passes in addition to sacking Illinois' quarterback and getting a safety. Uh, oh, by the way, Iowa won by two points. That safety all of a sudden it dawned on me while we had our hour-something wait for Kurt Ferentz. The, huh, two-point game, two-point safety to start things out. Yeah, I know. Uh, you just never know. I mean, you, every play mattered in this game. Every single play mattered, and they had to have them all. Illinois came in here, and they didn't look like a team that was 1-4 and four in the Big Ten a couple weeks ago. Bielema has them playing. And I, I hope they beat Northwestern next week and get bowl eligible. Nothing against Northwestern. Northwestern's already got its bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. Illinois will be at home, and, and I, I have a lot of admiration for a team that looked like it was going nowhere and is so competitive in the middle of November. So, so good for them. And I, I think it's not a bad thing for Iowa that they avoid Illinois for a few years now because they're going to be pretty good, I think. Yeah, I think this year was going to be a tough one. When you look at the talent that they lost, you think of a lot of the key players last year. That secondary, you could go down the list of the third best defensive back in last year's Illinois secondary would probably be the best defensive back in some other secondaries. Not in Iowa's, but in others. Yeah, Uh, it was a nice thing to see players like Jay Higgins and Joe Evans, Logan Lee, a lot. I mean, you go up, name player after player, but but get some rewards for for what they've done because they they do have a lot of good players. And with Higgins too, the incredible thing is he really. This is a cliche, but trusted the process. Well, when uh, it is a cliche, I don't know what that means, but but he just simply has had a fantastic season. And I mean, two years ago, he wasn't really a contributor at all outside of special teams. And even last year, he right. was a much well, he smaller was, he contributor. He was behind great players. Yeah. He was behind NFL players. Yeah. Uh, so nobody knew. This guy has been extraordinary. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's 12 tackles every game. He's an All-American. He should be an All-American. I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't get a chance to watch everybody play, but it, it's hard for me to imagine that there are three linebackers in the country that have been better than him, and if they are, uh, they're going to be multimillionaires real soon. Yeah. Now, looking ahead, this is kind of an interesting position for Iowa. There isn't really, aside from the Heroes Trophy, there really isn't a ton at stake with this game against Nebraska. They already have the Big Ten West locked up. Yeah. In terms of the bowl pecking order, they're probably already... I don't think this next game is going to impact that either. No, but but you know what? Uh, it is important because, first of all, there's something about the number 10 that's, that's big with college football teams winning 10 yeah. games, especially a place like Iowa. I mean, I realize they've done it a million times at Ohio State and... And Alabama and uh, Texas, et cetera, et cetera. But 10 wins mean something at Iowa. Secondly, you don't want to go into the Big Ten title game having lost, especially to a Nebraska team that I don't know how they're going to do against Wisconsin tonight, but they're held together with bailing wire. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule, I think, has, done a, a, has shown that he's the right guy for that job because he's gotten about as much, I think, as a coach could get 
out of what they've got. And once he starts bringing in his recruits, I think that's going to be a salty outfit. But but uh, they fight. They come to play every week. They're not always very good. And they're going to be at home, and who knows what the weather will be over there on Black Friday. It's usually raw, <laughs> and you're just glad when the game's over, win or lose, you know. <laughs> but uh, if you're Iowa, you want to win to have that to carry over. A loss, I think, really uh, takes some steam out of you. And, and I think it pretty much, right now you can dare to dream about Indianapolis. You lose at Nebraska, and I think that the, the dream is going to be pretty hazy. Yeah, and it's already going to be, and we'll talk about closer to then. It's going to be a very tough game, whoever they play. But yeah, but the, you know what? They're going to be there. Yes, which means something. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining me, and thanks to you all for listening. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.